Welcome to Man Overboard. Fitty ain't nothing but a number, yo. With your host, Language Barrel. Sponsored by The Wolf's Pact. America's by invitation only men support friendship and networking group. Where the one become many and the many become one. Here, they put the man back in human. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show, where the topics will be my continued participation in an international dating site, the second series of classes in graduate school, my upcoming trip in December to Cancun for some dental tourism, and lastly, a brief update on the business proposition I made. So get ready, everyone. Prepare for a bumpy ride, stick, and stay. Buenas tardes, mi gente. ¿Y cómo está? Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the next semester in graduate school, which starts Monday the 26th. And for this semester, I have two courses that I picked up. One was leadership communication or communication and leadership, which I'm very much looking forward to. The other one is small business and family enterprises which I'm also very interested in because that's part of a, the like entrepreneurial uh, mindset or program where they really talk about uh, small businesses and how to grow them and create them. And as I mentioned, when I first started going to grad school, the main, one of the main purposes, not the main purpose, was to create a enterprise or business on my own. That's one of the main reasons why I'm doing grad school. The other one is really I just wanted to uh, get more educated in general in things that I don't really have a strong background in. The other thing that we're going to talk about is we're going to just talk briefly about the business proposition that I had reached out to this gentleman about in reference to creating Latin events, Latin dancing and social events. Still haven't heard from him and the likelihood is that I probably will not, so I at some point will need to start doing some research on venues as well as finding a DJ or someone to do the music. And then the next step after that obviously would be the promotion piece of it. So I'll keep you abreast as things unfold. Up next, we're going to talk, give you an update on the dating international dating website. As I mentioned in the previous podcast, I had sent an email out to some of the people I was corresponding with in reference to questions around the number of people that they date and then whether or not they, how do they determine which uh, messages they answer. And so just a brief summary of that, the responses I got back were, some of them received an extraordinary amount of emails, a lot of them are inappropriate and some are just I guess they would say that they're not very interesting that's the two main feedbacks that I got one women said that yeah they're inappropriate and then secondly that the men who emailed them just their email responses just really didn't pique their interest enough to do follow-up now 
as I mentioned also in the previous podcast, when I had sent that to some of the people that I was corresponding with, they actually said thought I had ulterior motives. So about 80%, I thought it was about 70%, but probably about 80 85% of them just stopped corresponding with me altogether because they didn't think my interest was genuine in creating relationships. They thought I was out more for either some type of scam or just really wasting their time. And despite the fact that a lot of them say they really want pen pals in their profiles, the ones I encounter really weren't pursuing pen pals. They really were pursuing long-term relationships or, or as they say, serious relationships with the ultimate goal of marriage or just a very serious monogamous relationship. And I couldn't commit to that because it just, as an American, I really just couldn't commit to sight unseen being involved with someone on a serious level until I at least get to see him and see where we go from that. And I think some of these women have been on the website a long time, so they have encountered all kinds of inappropriate behavior from men uh, in general. So a lot of them carry some baggage around around the interaction with men. It's, and if you attempt, when you attempt to uh, correspond with them, you have to kind of weed through a lot of stuff, you know, not only just the initial uh, first time meeting someone, but also you have to bear the burden for the bad behavior of a lot of men. Uh, that they've been previously encountered. So one of the things that I have noticed, uh, this is going on my third week on the website, and actually I think next week would be my last week, to October 29th is my last day. I have no intention of renewing um, membership for this for this site or really just any site. I'm just probably not a huge fan of online dating. But there is some guilt around even reaching out to people knowing that they are really a large majority are seeking some type of long-term relationship. And that's not my, that's not my particular plan or goal. As I said, my plan or goal was really just to interact with people and see if I could find some interesting people to build a bridge to when I travel to different countries. But again, that's not the, the goal here. So I'm thinking I'm going to reach out either to a Spanish teacher because I want to learn Spanish and I may be able to, to create some friendships or relationships that way and what they call language exchange communities where people, Spanish people are trying to learn English, English people are trying to learn Spanish, or it could be any language, it could be German, people aren't trying to learn English. My particular interest would be in Spanish. So even though I have two months left on the other website, I am really pretty hesitant about reaching out to people because I don't think my agenda matches their agenda but we'll have to see it's hard as an american because you generally think that you have to get your money's worth for something so if you pay for something it's un-american to just to just walk away from it without uh, either getting a refund or seeing something to term so i have to see how that ultimately goes uh, right now i'm a bit conflicted about continual continued participation uh, on these on these uh, international websites. Also wanted to talk about my December. So I booked my travel for my dental tourism trip, which would be in Cancun. I had a choice between Cancun and Los Algodones. Office in Mexico, 
which is on the border of Phoenix, and they also have an office in Cancun. And so the prices are about the same. I looked in initially to fly into uh, to Phoenix and then driving to the Mexican border town, Agostones. And I also looked into the same thing with flying into Cancun. And surprisingly, I thought it would be more expensive to fly into Cancun, but I ended up finding a ticket for $200 to fly from Washington, from Baltimore to Cancun. And the fly to Phoenix was going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of about $300, $350. So it was kind of wild. And then I looked into their two hotels in the Mexican border town. And they're like 50 bucks each. They're owned by the dentist's office. That's how many... That's how many tourists go there. They get so many tourists that they've actually purchased a hotel where their patients can stay. So it was $50 to do that. And then I found a place in Cancun, like a beautiful themed Mexican hotel. I think it was like 20 bucks a day. So the more I started looking into Cancun versus um, the border town, the more it just made sense for me to go to Cancun because also Cancun is like a tourist destination. So there's like beaches there's all kind of activity there. I mean, there's like civilization there. Yeah, it's a tourist town, but there's just a lot more to do there versus if I go to the border town, there's really nothing to do there. So I'm stuck there for a week with nothing to do, and it's more expensive. So it just really didn't make much sense when I started really looking into planning this trip uh, to, to go to the border town of Phoenix versus going to Cancun. So I've never been to Cancun. So it's like a, this is a twofer. You get two for the price of one. Um, that can't be beat. So I mentioned on my first, very first podcast, I think uh, I mentioned that I had a dental, my first dental implant that was done was in a neighborhood of about $4,000. And then my second implant was probably about the same cost, about $4,000. So I looked into having the crown done for the first implant because it's right, it's in my front, so my front tooth, my front upper tooth. So it's pretty, it's pretty conspicuous. Uh, so I really was like, eh, I need to get this done. So thank God for the mask, because if not, I would have had to, get to gotten this done a long time ago. But anyway, so I looked into getting the crown done for just the front tooth, because it's it's right, it's out in the open, it's hard to miss. Plus, it affects my speech pattern. And just pricing, the cheapest price I found was sixteen hundred dollars to do just. A crown and the abutment that's what it attaches the crown to the implant but that just by itself was like $1,600 and so I would need the same thing done on another tooth and it'd be another $1,600 if I even if I can get that price and then I also need another implant done so the implant would be $4,000 so that's 4000 3200 I'm already at $7,000 to do uh, to finish off these to, well, actually, it's not seven thousand because I I would ultimately need a, a crown on that tooth. So three times sixteen is what, like forty? What I don't know, eight, forty-eight hundred. So forty-eight hundred plus another four thousand for the implant. It's like almost ten thousand dollars to get to finish off these tooth. Not even talking about the initial cost I spent on the the first front tooth, but. So it'd be about $9,000 to finish off these teeth. And so I priced it in Mexico, and it's somewhere in the neighborhood of about $2,000. So that's where we stand with that. So that's why I'm making a trip to Mexico to get my 
uh, my dental work done. As a person, as a health professional working in healthcare in the U.S., I never thought I would be traveling to another a foreign country to get health care, but the costs in America just are so prohibitive uh, for, uh, the costs are just so prohibitive for average, the average per salary person that it's just, in, it's just incredible. And now that I'm in graduate school and a student, it's even worse. So even if I start analyzing the costs to get there, it would be 200, the hotels another 200. And then let's say the dental work is two thousand to twenty five hundred. That's four thousand dollars to have all this done plus a vacation. <laughs> just, the math is is something to make sense. As I mentioned, I'm still studying Spanish with the use of the Duolingo app. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm thinking very seriously about getting an online Spanish teacher, someone in uh, Colombia, to do online lessons. And so when I travel there in 2021, uh, I'll be much more comfortable because there's not a very large English-speaking population in Colombia. And to be honest, there shouldn't be, right? That language is Spanish, it's not English. And so when you want to learn a culture, you don't start by insisting that they speak English. So that's where we are now. We'll do part two probably next week as we get more information about classes or follow-up information on my dental visit or even if I'm lucky enough to get some information on the business proposition that I put out there. Part two, the continuation. Mic checker, mic checker, check the mic, yo. So this week we're going to do a follow-up on the international dating website that I'm on. Uh, we'll also talk briefly about grad school. It's the second set of classes that I'm taking and then talk very briefly about the business proposition. So let's start off with the international dating website because that seems to be where a lot of my energy is focused. Probably should be focused on grad school, but a lot of it's focused on the international dating website. And as I mentioned in probably this podcast and, and the previous ones, I was corresponding initially with about, I don't know, seven or eight different ladies just feeling them out. And I decided to ask them a question just to get some information on, one, uh, the number of emails they get from various men. And then the second question was, you know, how do they decide to answer it? And the takeaway from that was that kind of men are kind of jerky. You know, they say and do inappropriate stuff, either that or they're kind of boring. And if the women get a lot of emails, they really only look at the interesting ones. Then they go to the website to see if the person's interesting, and then they kind of go from there. Well, when I, was, I had also said that some women got really offended. They thought that my I had ulterior motives, that I really wasn't interested in them, that I was doing some type of, you know, grad school project, and they stopped writing me. And so initially it was, I guess, six out of the eight stopped writing me. But then ultimately it turned out that, that all of them, I think uh, they kind of, stop corresponding with me and to be honest I think some of it was just the the tenor of my emails was really was probably not what they were looking for so they would say things like you know what you know where are we where are we going with this what do you think about love and and uh really getting more specific about long-term relationships and my email was really just about generalities you know what is love and 
what I'm looking for, but not necessarily what I was hoping to build with them or, I mean, it was, so they were looking for some more, I guess, directness as far as, you know, what, what are you, what are you doing with me? Not necessarily, what are you doing on the website, but kind of, what, what are you doing with me? Where are we going with this? And so I really couldn't, I had a problem articulating that because I really didn't know where I was going with, with it, with specific people. I don't, I, I don't know. I really wasn't feeling it like that. Like I was trying to build something with them, but obviously, I mean, that's why they're there. And I guess to some extent, that's why I was there, but I really just couldn't seem to move forward. So altogether, I mean, I am, no one is corresponding with me. So, so it was really weird. It was just kind of strange to have a lot of people and it was just the conversation of it, uh, not necessarily the romance of it, but just the actual conversation with people from a different culture. But yeah, that pretty much kind of ended. And so I'm really not corresponding with anyone right now. And I had one of my memberships. Uh, it ended on October 29th, which was today. And I knew that initially I was not going to re-sign with that because it just... I struggle with the whole online dating thing. It's just not a concept that I really believe a lot in. I know it works for some people, but I, I guess in my heart, I don't really, I, I don't believe in that, um, that medium for, for dating, at least not for me. And I think more, the more I corresponded with specific women, the more that kind of came across, even though I try to, uh, I guess, be a little misleading about it. And so they, they just stopped writing altogether. And so my big dilemma now is I still have membership to the mother website. And that's for at least another maybe a month and a half or two months. But part of me is really struggling with continuing on with, with that website. Unless I can just articulate it from the very beginning that I'm not really looking for long-term relationships, and then uh, in all likelihood, it's probably going to be the same result because just about all the profiles that I select, they're all looking for long-term relationships or serious relationships. So the dilemma is really, do I just kind of go along with this thing knowing ultimately that that's not my intention, just kind of to get my money's worth, which really seems to me a bit unethical or do I just I guess be I can be honest with them and just say hey look I'm not really looking for like a long-term relationship I'm really looking for someone to kind of correspond with um, and then also like I guess a friend or an associate but so if I do it that's probably where I'm going to go but I already have a very strong suspicion that that's not going to be a very successful venture but it's either that or just stop doing it all together and I, I gotta admit I did look forward to I look forward to getting uh, the the emails and answering the emails and just really in, interacting with people about what they're looking for I mean it was hard with a lot of these women because it was hard to get them to open up but I enjoyed the the interchange of I guess expressing myself and then you get some type of feedback from them and then just seeing if you could build some type of uh, bridge with people that are you've never seen before, but that are a long, a far, in a far land that you want to visit. 
So that that's kind of where I stand with that. I'm I'm really struggling with that. I probably you know, I guess from an integrity standpoint, I really just need to be upfront, honest with the people that I correspond with and say, here's kind of where I am with this thing, and uh, I'm not really looking for a long distance or a serious relationship until I get to meet the person, right? And get to meet them face to face, hang out with them, see the body language, just, you know, not just some picture on a computer and a bunch of emails flying back and forth. Uh, so I'll update you on the next podcast. But from an integrity standpoint, I think I need to be honest about what I'm doing on the website. Up next, we're going to talk about uh, the college courses. So as I mentioned before, I'm currently taking, this is my second series of classes. I'm taking two classes this semester. Last semester, I took one. So not really semesters, they're like seven-week courses. Uh, they call them intense, intensified courses. So I'm taking two more seven-week seven courses. Now, the problem, I'm a little worried that I might not be able to keep up, but I should be able to keep up because right now this is my full-time job is grad school. So I should be able to keep up. It's just a matter of really organizing myself and being diligent about the time I spend with it. But uh, as I mentioned, two the two courses are uh, leadership and communication, which I find very, very interesting. It's just a lot of different strategies around leadership and communication and a lot of studies on the effectiveness of lead, one being a leader and two the effect that good communication or lack thereof has on organizations the other course i'm taking is the uh, small uh, small family business enterprises or family business enterprises i thought that was an entrepreneurial course but it actually is not an entrepreneurial course. What it is actually is it's looking at family-run businesses, and they can be large or small. Uh, turns out that 80% of the world's uh, businesses, large businesses, are family-owned, which it was a bit of a shock to me that that many businesses, major businesses around the world were family-owned. But um, according to the statistics, that's what they say. That 80% of the world's largest businesses are family owned. And so in this course, we really talk about the dynamics involved in family run businesses from a perspective of uh, whether you need to um, have family run the businesses or whether you should have the most qualified person run the businesses and all the kind of dynamics that go with uh, having family in business, ha having family in businesses and leaving businesses as a legacy for generations, which it turns out that something like three percent of the th like three percent of of the businesses are still in business after the third generation, which is really kind of shocking. But that really just goes to show you that some of the the business strategies and dynamics in family-run businesses are really like have major major issues around running it as a business or kind of running it as a family. Uh, so that's where we are with that. That course, there's a tremendous amount of reading, or at least I think it is, probably not a tremendous amount, but uh, a lot of reading. And so that's a very time-consuming course. And lastly, I want to just briefly talk about 
the business proposition. Uh, so I still haven't heard anything about from the particular person I reached out to in reference to the business proposition. Now, why I have not done started doing the research on my own is very frustrating to me, right? <laughs> it's very frustrating to me uh, that, that I haven't picked up the ball and at least started doing some preliminary research because I know I'm probably, I'm probably about 90% certain that I won't, won't hear from this person. And so if I really want to get this thing off the ground, I'm going to need to start doing some initial legwork myself in finding venues that can host it once the pandemic is over, lining up a DJ, um, and actually doing kind of a mission state, vision statement, because this would be uh, a, a business, not as a primary business, but it would be a business because I would be investing my money and expecting revenue to come out on the other end. So I really need to just get started and start doing uh, the work with this. Uh, lastly, we're talking about the dental tourism trip. And so that's still scheduled for December 13th through the December 20th. I'll be flying out of Baltimore, Washington International to Cancun. And again, I'll be having two crowns done, one on the upper front and one on the lower, I think, left. Then I will have an implant put into one of the spaces that uh, from a tooth extraction that I had done earlier. And so luckily this whole, well, luckily we were using the mask, so it really, I didn't have to walk around with a big gap in my, my front tooth. But now at some point it, the masks are gonna go away. And so we would need to uh, start uh, we would need to kind of start doing away with the mask and going back to some semblance of normality once the vaccine comes out. And I didn't mention this in the first podcast, but I also am a volunteer for the Moderna uh, COVID-19 vaccine trials. So I've had my two vaccination injections plus a third visit where they just do some vital signs and look at you and there's some diaries that you keep around temperature and side effects and all that kind of stuff. But it's a two-year trial. So I mentioned to the, the coordinators, I said, look, it's a two-year trial, but in all likelihood, somebody's going to have a vaccine before two years is out. And then what does that mean for me? And she says, well, if the, it turns out that there's a viable vaccine and we have it, obviously we'll, we'll get you the vaccine. And the expectation is, obviously, if, if somebody else gets approved, and it's FDA approved, then, you know, you would be eligible to uh, get that vaccine, obviously, and, and not continue with the trial. So that's kind of where we stand with that. As in previous episodes, in closing, we used to end with a little haiku or Japanese poem. But since I'm currently still doing the Spanish and writing the Spanish emails, uh, we will be ending with the Spanish email that I write to some of the women on uh, the international uh, dating website. And it goes a little something like this. Soy un unicornio en un mundo llanos de caballos. Lamentablemente, muchos mujeres eligen caballos. Pero debo buscar a mi unicornio. I am a unicorn in a world filled with horses. 
Sadly, many women choose horses, but I must search for my unicorn. <laughs>